listening to The Sociable Scribes, two professional writers who work hard, play hard, and love to have fun on the job. Word stylist Nikita Rowell-Stevens and publishing consultant Kim Ely talk about the topics and questions they hear most often from their clients. Let's talk about writing, the good, the bad, and the awesome, while addressing popular questions and concerns from real writers like you. If you're a writer, someone who aspires to write, or just wants to learn more about writing and publishing and have a lot of fun along the way, welcome to the tribe. Here are your hosts, Nikita and Kim, two writers who love to socialize, the sociable scribes. All right, welcome to Sociable Scribes. We are so excited to have our guest today. Woohoo! Yes, um, I, I'm super excited. Our guest today is one of my favorite people. She's pretty awesome. And um, I've, I've known her for, for a little while now and have watched her career um, bud into this. She's, she's, she's just so amazing. So I'm just I'm excited to, to be able to share her with you guys today. She has a lot of knowledge and she's going to be able to share a lot with you on just the process of getting started as a writer and we're gonna get we're gonna get a little steamy today because she's in the romance erotica area so (laughs) it's gonna be pretty good um so should i should i should i share a little bit about our guest today kim yes please nikita okay so our guest is the lovely lee savino and lee is a usa today best-selling author she's a mom and a chocoholic, yes. <laughs> so, warning, do not read her Berserker series or you will be addicted to the huge dominant warriors who will stop at nothing to claim their mate. I repeat, do not read. Love that. <laughs> uh, uh, the Berserker saga, especially not the hot expert that she, <laughs> that she has, which we'll have to promote um, in our show notes after we finish here. Um, but, it's too much hotness. She is super hot. She writes super steamy stuff. I cannot wait for her to share with us today. Welcome, Lisa Vino. Yay. Thank you so much. It's so great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yay. You are so welcome. We're so excited to have you. Ah, just so, over the moon. So what's new in your world, Lee? Well, right now we're quarantined for the coronavirus but honestly it's business as usual for me except that my kids are home because (laughs) i tend to stay home and not leave my house and drink lots of coffee or tea and write and eat chocolate and the only time i really reach out to the world is when i get on facebook and talk to my author friends so i am an introvert paradise right now (laughs) (laughs) Love it. And I am fully in support of everyone staying home and reading more books. Or if maybe you have more time on your hands, writing that magnum opus that you've always wanted to sit down and scratch out. And I'll have some tips for how to focus and get your book written if um, you want me to share those later. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, Well... I was going to say, Kim, I think we're all very curious to learn. Um, Lee's built a very successful career as an author. And um, I'd love to, to, to have her walk us through how she kind of got started. Yes. Yeah. So I actually went to college for creative writing, which is not necessary to be an author or to be a writer. The only thing necessary to be a writer is to sit down and write or stand up and write if you have a standing desk. And I was able to pursue creative writing in college. And the one thing that I wish I'd done differently was when I left college and I was focused on a very traditional career path of finding an agent, submitting my manuscript, and looking for a traditional publishing path. Um, I didn't have so much success then, and I kind of gave up. And I wish I hadn't have given up because the indie boom was happening right at that time in 2008. And if I just stuck it out a little longer and told myself, don't worry about it, failure is normal, rejection is normal, just keep going. And and also maybe told myself, 
listen, you, the only thing necessary for you to be a writer and an author is to get your stories into people's hands in any way, shape, or form. And then I would have probably found the internet and started putting my works up um, on any site that I could just to, just to get it into the hands of readers. And now, as we know, the indie boom is huge and people are very successful. And I did finally tell myself, no, I am going to figure this out. I am going to be a published author. But it was over seven years later that I returned and was like, I'm doing this. And in 2015, I indie published my first book. They made about $50 in the first month and I was over the moon. I was so happy. I was ecstatic. And I was like, I'm going to quit my job and be a full-time author. And people were like, Oh, are you doing well with your books? And I wasn't. I was making, you know, $50 the first month to probably like a dollar the second month. And I didn't care because I was on the road that I wanted to be on. And I just kept telling myself, I could figure this out. I can do it. And in 2017, things kind of came together. And I, I had been learning for all those years, right? I learned how to write a book in college and finish a book. Um, right after college, I, I focused, I sat down, and I finished the book, the manuscript. And then in 2015 on, I figured out indie marketing and publishing. And in 2017, I started making more than my husband wow. made at his engineering job. And it has like doubled and tripled year over year since. So I want to tell everyone that you can do it no matter what your goals are. My goals were to, you know, be successful and make a lot of money and be able to write at home in my pajamas all day. <laughs> but whatever your goals are, I mean, there's so many opportunities open to writers and authors right now that weren't around before 2008, before the Kindle was invented. And so now is the best possible time. Even if you just want to write one book and get it out of you and say that you've done it. Uh, you can share that book in the world with the world in so many ways. And I, I really think that this is the best possible time to be a writer and author. So I'm very excited. I hope that you can see me like waving my arms in excitement right now. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. Oh my gosh. So how did you um, kind of crack the code with marketing and, and getting the word out um, so that you were able to um, to many uh, readers. So the first, um, I have to credit Charles George was a marketer in yeah. Richmond, and I was able to meet with him face to face. And he set up my website, and he taught me about email marketing, where you get an email sign up, and people land on your newsletter, and then suddenly you can start emailing people whenever you have a book out, whenever you have some writing to share with them, or pictures of your desk. I mean, whenever you want to share. Um, but I kept it very focused on my writing and my new releases. And I studied all the indie authors out there and just tried to figure out what they were doing that was working for them. And a lot of them said, write a long series. So I kept writing in series. And I actually was able to submit to a small erotic publisher and briefly was with them for about a year. And I gave them seven books uh, in a series. They're very short. And the, the the editor there told me, you know, write shorter books and publish more often, shorter stories, because people will download them on their Kindle and they'll read them. People being, you know, mostly for my audience, it's moms and grandmoms and people, you know, they don't have a lot of time for themselves and they don't have maybe tons of money, but they can download a book for $3.99 or $2.99. They can read it on their Kindle while their kids are in soccer practice, and then they can finish it after dinner, and then they delete it off their Kindle, and they download the next one in your series. So that was my customer avatar. That was my ideal reader, and I keep them in mind when I write my books because I want to give them something wonderful and satisfying and fun, but it can be short. Like, short is fine, and I've, I've gotten feedback from readers saying, I love whenever I want to you know, a pick me up, especially right now during this virus and pandemic, they want to pick me up and they might be caring for their kids or maybe even their parents. And they got to make dinner. They got to put it on the table, but they have time to read something that I've written that was short, hot, funny. And then they don't have time to read anything longer. So I've gotten the feedback that the, the shorter books being like 30, 40,000 words is kind of my sweet spot. It's fine. And as a mom myself, it's easy for me to write one, one of those books in a month or in six weeks, put it out there, and then write the next in the series. And so I have focused on rapid release, long series, 
and I very much look at the market and what's selling and I figure out how to take what I love and my own passions and interests and turn them into a series that also satisfies the readers. So it is a romance and it has the sort of characters people like, the, par- the sort of characters that I like too. I read a lot of romance and even if I'm not reading romance, if I'm reading a thriller, I'm looking for the romance. It's crazy. I'm always like, when are they going to kiss? I mean, I never have to save the world. And that's why I write romance, you know. And for everyone listening, you know, if you hate romance, you never want to read it, don't write it. Like, don't, I'm not telling you to write it. There's definitely something that you can figure out that you love, that you're passionate about, that you can also marry to what's hot in the market, what's selling, um, or even what just has a long and... Um, trusted audience like space opera or westerns or, you know, sweet western romance has always been very popular, you know, um, as a romance subgenre. It's a small subgenre, but there's tons of readers and they'll just buy it and buy it and buy it and they don't really want to buy anything else uh-huh. from what I've studied. And so interesting, but what happens is you get in, you, you get into this world and you start writing. Then you start to see these trends and you start to look at your own reading habits and then you start to marry your muse with the market and what, what you see could be popular and good. And sometimes you get it right and sometimes you don't, but as long as you're writing what you enjoy, there's going to be enough readers to kind of jump in to book one of the series and then we'll read through all 10 or 15 books, which has been my experience. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much. This is so good. So I can't wait to come back and talk more later after we take this break. The written word is powerful. If one photo is worth a thousand words, can you imagine the value and power of putting those words to video? Power Up Video works with authors, speakers, and entrepreneurs to help you bring your powerful message to life online creating story-driven promotional reels, book trailers, educational course content, and much more. Power up your message with video from Power Up Video. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram and at PowerUpVideo.com. Guys, Nikita and I are so excited to be back with Lee Savino. Yay! Yes. (laughs) And so we want to continue our discussion. And so, Lee, we wanted to talk to you. You alluded a little bit about this um, in the previous segment about ebooks and the the role of Kindle. Yes, absolutely. It has completely revolutionized the book world and I would not have a career without the Kindle or without Amazon and their platform or the other digital platforms for ebooks. Ebooks account for 96% of my sales. Wow. Uh, another 4% or 3 3.9% would be audiobooks and um, very few paperbacks. I mean, probably 30 paperbacks a year if that. I don't really track it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. Um, what okay. now, now, Lee? Why explain to us what your reasoning for your strategy on going, you know, primarily ebook versus print? Well, I mean, you publish both. You can publish um, when you upload to digital platform. I use a program that I recommend to everyone. It's very excellent for formatting books and ebooks and paperbacks, etc. It's called Vellum, and it's only yes. available on Mac. It is worth buying a Mac for me to, I bought a Mac just so I could have Vellum. And that is a program that allows me to format all of the different types of files that I then upload. So I will upload my ebook and my paperback, and then I will send the script, which is basically the book document with front matter and back matter to a narrator who will record the audio book. And those are the three main formats that I get up um, in live onto these digital stores immediately. I, and none of my books are selling in bookstores. None of my books are in Barnes and Noble. And I am making a huge amount of money still and am very in my, it, by my own, um, <laughs> 
opinion, I am very successful because I'm able to provide for my family and make a ton of money um, and write what I love, right? But people can't go to Barnes & Noble and find my book. And that is just an example of the, I think, a paradigm shift that would help people to focus on. Um, Starting in 2008, the Kindle was um, invented and put onto the market. And a lot of my readers have an e-reader and they read a book a week, a book a day. And usually it's a very short romance novel, like I mentioned before. There's a, it's a hot love story um, and it's 30,000, 40,000, 50,000 words. And they enjoy it and they read it and finish it at night. And then by morning, they have downloaded the next in the series to read the next day. So that's my ideal customer and my ideal reader and they aren't going to the bookstore and buying stacks and stacks of paperbacks um, because an ebook is just so much easier. That's so much cheaper and there's less clutter. And also, you know, personally, when I was a teenager, I'd go in the library and go to the romance section. I would never check out a romance novel because I didn't want my mom to see like these, these bodice ripper covers. You know, I, I was like, I would read them standing up in the aisle. I would stand there and read them and I'd like open it to this random scene. It would be usually like a hot, sexy scene. And I would read. I mean, this is where my career was born, right? Hiding in the library. I love um, it. <laughs> so, yeah, I would say that for my book, you know, people and and we're going to see more and more people comfortable reading on a Kindle. And as an author, if you want to be successful, I mean, just embrace the way that you can get stories into people's hands. You know, the biggest apps in China, they're serial they're serialized stories, like the way Charles Dickens used to write, right? Or Wattpad mm-hmm. is really popular in the States. and so people are reading in China on their phones and they'll download basically a chapter a day and they'll pay just a couple cents for this chapter. And then it'll end with a cliffhanger and they'll want the next one. It's, it's a serialized story. And it's, that's fine because we're storytellers and we can just put it in any shape or format. Um, and now there's so much more opportunity for us. So yeah, if you are, new to the publishing scene, do not shy away from being indie. Do not shy away from putting your books up digitally. It, it is the bulk of my money. I've embraced it and I love it. And that's my focus. Oh, that is so flipping cool. So what do you recommend to um, writers who are listening who would like to get started themselves? So if you want to be indie, you know, you can probably... Google like how to publish your books on Amazon and how to publish your books on there are other sites that you can use um, and get into a couple groups online on Facebook. There's a group that's called 20 books to 50 K that's really helpful. And you can go in there and they have a bunch of resources for people just starting out. So just start to rub elbows with authors. And if you're open to being indie, start, start studying other um, authors who are indie and just get into those communities online because it's so easy to do. And then, you know, people are, there are tons of checklists and charts and you can figure out pretty quickly how to upload your own book and how to launch, you know, your career as being an indie author. And then really study the market. And there's a great book that I recommend everybody. It's called Right to Market by Chris Fox. And he has a YouTube channel. You could follow all his marketing tips. And his book changed my life because it really kind of solidified what I was already doing, but it really made it clear what I was trying to do. And I just sort of, you know, grabbed onto his ideas of studying the market, seeing what's selling, seeing how you can craft a story that has all your originality and all your wonderful storytelling prowess and all your beautiful prose. Cause I am a writer at heart who loves like beautiful prose and loves like the, the power of words, yes. um, but harnessing them to a story that readers want to read and let it sell. And I think sometimes as authors, you look and you go, why is that book successful? And really it just, maybe there was a zeitgeist and people really wanted that story. And it wasn't necessarily the words were so beautiful and poetic. It was that people wanted, were intrigued by the story. And so don't judge that book. I would just look at it and examine it and go, okay, what can I learn from this successful author? Even if it's a book that you wouldn't really like. Absolutely. 
Oh, that's so fascinating. I, I think it's it's almost like um, you have to approach it with fresh eyes, um, maybe take off your reader hat and put on your marketing hat and say, okay, this book, why is this so popular? How come this has taken everybody by storm? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, and one of the things that is the next step in my career path is I have started to open up my series and my world to other authors. So other authors who maybe aren't as good as picking out marketing elements that are, that would make their books sell. I can help them with packaging from the beginning um, and help them. A lot of authors come to me and I help them with the plot and then they're writing in my world. And basically now I'm becoming a publisher. So it's, it's been a natural progression for me. So you might, you know, if you're a new author and you're you're writing books, you're finishing books, you might look for a, a publisher, a small publisher or um, another author who's opened up their world. A lot more big, successful authors are doing that because they're going to give you a, a set of guidelines. They're going to try to help sell your book. And if you're willing to kind of be their apprentice, you know, it's like when the, the master painters would have apprentice and they would give the apprentice their big painting and they say, okay, you, you paint in the sky. And they would just do, you know, like a, imagine a warehouse filled with all these art students and berets and the master is overlooking them, you know, looking over their shoulder, but the apprentices are painting the skies. So you could sort of apprentice yourself like that. There's nothing wrong with that. I think it's actually a great writing exercise. Um, and it, it would be a great kind of, way to get a degree in writing without actually having to fork over a hundred thousand dollars to a creative <laughs> writing program at a university, you know? So, um, you can look at it as like that. And, you know, if you're new, I encourage you to do that and write, be open to writing with constraints. Like, Oh, I'm writing a space opera and these are the tropes and these are the rules. Because if you can write within those constraints, it actually is easier to let your creativity out and to let your muse shine because you're confident that readers want to read the book because you have this space opera trope in it. Um, and then you make it as original as possible within those rules. It's kind of like writing sonnets. I, I think of it as, um, I don't see it as, um, constrained in a bad way or, you know, I don't, I write basically what people would call pulp fiction, but I'm, I mean, I love my books. I pour my heart into my books. And my art is very real. It's just within a constraint of something that's very marketable. And that means I can pay my mortgage. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh, that's so freaking awesome. Very cool. So we are going to continue chatting with Lisa Vino when we come back from this uh, quick break. The written word is powerful. If one photo is worth a thousand words, can you imagine the value and power of putting those words to video? Power Up Video works with authors, speakers, and entrepreneurs to help you bring your powerful message to life online. Creating story-driven promotional reels, book trailers, educational course content, and much more. Power up your message with video from Power Up Video. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram and at PowerUpVideo.com. All right, you guys, welcome back. And this has been so much fun, Nikita. Yes, I have really enjoyed chatting with Lee. You've got so much great tidbits to share with us. Um, Thank you so much for being on the show. so I know one of the things that you do um, or have done quite a, quite a bit in your career is you've, you've collaborated with other authors um, on, yeah. um, on some of your books. Can you share with us the process, like how you arrived at that? And if, if that's something that other writers may be interested in doing, how do you go about doing that? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to share about co-writing because so what happened was I started writing these sexy books and then I got pregnant. And I needed a way to work in maternity leave while I was watching my career take off. And I wanted to be able to write all the stories in my head and still, you know, have the baby and take care of the baby. Um, so, and I actually had uh, two babies in the past four years. One is uh, about to turn two and the other is about to turn four. Aww. Yeah. 
I know. And so, yeah, warning, if you read sexy romance or write sexy romance, this might happen to you. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. But I will say, so what's cool is um, my first collaboration, I mean, think about editing. Uh, When you turn your manuscript over to a beta reader or an editor, that's that's collaboration, too. So one of my first collaborators, Nikita, was you. Because you edited those first books that I put up on on um, as an indie author, the first ones I published. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. And we would. What did I do? We would meet in the coffee shop, and I'd also email you the the draft, and then you'd you know return it with all the comments. And Google Docs was the best way to do this, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, Or we just used Word, and we passed the file back and forth. But Google Docs, you can actually both be in the document at the same time, and it updates with anybody's changes. So I highly recommend Google Docs and sharing that document if you co-write the way that I do. So my first co-writing came about because I had a friend who had this great um, software that I mentioned earlier, Vellum. Mm -hmm. She was formatting my books for me for free. And I was like, Tara, I'm going to, you know, I want to pay you. She's like, no, no, it's fine. You know, she paid it forward. So she was very generous. And I already was a fan of all her books. So I've been reading her books. We've been passing them back and forth, having a good time. And... So for for fun, I wrote her a couple sex scenes because I have been tracking my word count. I realized that my word count per hour would go way up when I wrote a sex scene or a fight scene. It's all like description and body parts moving and banter, right? All my favorite things, like description and dialogue. Right. So, and if you track your word counts, by the way, this is something um, if you're a new author or, if you, you know, you want to work on your writing habit and treat it like a muscle that you're working out, um, you can sit down. You can set a timer and you can write for a few minutes and then stop and see how many words you got down. And your your goal is to just get as many words down on the page as possible and not judge them, but just get them out. Mm-hmm. So just a little tip there. Uh, but anyway, I wrote some sex scenes for her and handed her to the handed them to her and she's like, Oh my gosh, thank you, because she hates writing sex scenes. And that was a big joke to us. And she said, can I use these? I was like, yeah, use them. You can change all of them. You can delete every word but one. I don't care. They're yours now. So thank you for formatting my books. Here are some text scenes. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> I mean, it just worked, right? I so then it. suddenly I'm like, you know, we should just write a book together. And she actually had a great idea for alien dragons in space. And I was like, I am in. And she's like, yeah. And I want them to be really sexy. I'm like, I am so in. I am all, I am here for this. And we wrote that first book together. Basically, Tara would just send me the draft and with a highlighted section that said, insert sex scene here. And I would write the sex scene. And that was our first book. And we put it up and we made $15,000 in a month with no ads. We just put it up and we made so much money and she was, she got the cover and we figured out the title together and it was just so much fun. And we looked at each other like, we should do this again. (laughs) So long story short, you know, we have like 13 books out now together and it still goes the same way where now I'm trying to convince you to let me write more of the scenes. Like, come on, let's add some fight scenes in there. I'll write those too. Um, But we just collaborate that way. So that went so well, I went to another friend of mine, and I had beta read three books that she had written, like 75% of book one and most of book two and most of book three, too. And she had sent them to an agent, and the agent had done nothing with them. So she said, I said to her, I'm co-writing now, and it's so much fun. And she said, well, do you think you could do something with these books? And I went over them, and I basically, so basically she just handed me the files, and I went over them. And then I and then I kind of I actually changed them from past tense to present tense, first person present tense because that's really popular right now. They're werewolf novels, and I knew that they would sell really well. Um, and then I passed them back and said, "Okay, you know, let's finish them." And so she did another pass, and she handed it back. I did another pass, and together, and so now we have thirteen books in that series. Wow. And yeah, we've made over half a million dollars from that series. Um, and um, we split it 50-50, we published together, and now we're publishing other authors in that series. So um, we're inviting people to write in our world, and the way that works is they write the full book, and then Renee and I will edit it, and we make sure it fits in our world. Um, And usually before they get started writing, they give us a plot, and we look over the plot, and we make sure that the plot is 
you know, good and tight and solid and has everything that it should have in it. Um, and then we give them the green light and they write it and we get a cover and we edit it and then we're publishing it for them and running their marketing campaigns for their launch because we know how to market books. So there's many ways to collaborate. I would highly recommend only collaborating with someone whom you respect, who you trust, who you would um, write for fun with anyway. Like do something fun, do something small, like a tiny project. Like, you know, Tara and I have been doing, um, supporting each other through marketing co, um, co-efforts before we even started writing together. And also I was a fan of her writing. Cool. I read almost everything, every book she's ever written. Yeah. So that is, I think, one of the most important things. You have to trust them and you have to respect their writing. Um, and I have a whole video on this on my YouTube actually called Co-Writing for the Win, STW. So Co-Writing STW and it's my Lee Savino um, YouTube channel. I have a, a couple of videos up there that are mostly on um, marketing and being an author um, and it's free. So you could Google that and get more comprehensive advice. But um, it can happen so many different ways and it's really fun and it's great maternity leave plan because I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm having my baby now. And they're like, great. Okay. And they would write the book and then I get it. And then I read it and I, you know, add my parts in and then we, they would, I'd hand it back. They do all the rest of the work and it went great. Awesome. Oh, that is so flipping cool. So looking at your site and thank you so much for sharing that because there's such good insights on collaborating. Um, yeah. It's so fun looking at your website for multiple reasons. Um, because, um, looking at all the, the, the different series that you've done. And I have to say one of the titles really, um, caught my eye and it is Smexy. And so I read about it, but can you share with our listeners what Smexy means? So smart, Smexy is smart and sexy. And I say that I write Mexy romance because it's a funny word. <laughs> I like words. I like funny words. It would make people go, "What? What's Mexy?" Right. Um, and, and they understand it's sexy. And then I say, "Well, it's also smart. And why is it smart? Well, I'm smart, and I am, you know, really well read, and I'm a great writer, and um, I write really hot sex scenes. But I'm I'm pretty proud of that because I do them. I write really hot sex scenes. I do them really well. I research them." <laughs> And then that's a whole other podcast on how I <laughs> And now it's getting dangerous because my kids are old enough and, you know, my son comes in and he's like, Mommy, what's this? And I realize I have to lock my toys up. I have to lock them down. He's like, when I press this button, it makes a big noise. I'm like, ah! <laughs> yeah, so that's the hazards of being a Mexi romance author. Beware. Oh my gosh, that's too funny. Well, one of the um uh, Nikita and I are interested. Oh, yes. So so we have taken great great interest in your lovely covers of your books. And so we, you know, would love to volunteer ourselves to, <laughs> to be on on your panel of, of, of folks that you would um, help choose your covers because, you know, we'd like to be able to see the different options as you come up with them. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you will find, if you write what I write, that Sexy Man Chest, which is basically a guy with no shirt on the cover, it sells three times as much as any other cover. Really? I mean, there's... Yeah, so statistics. So most of the time, I just have a hot guy. And I will email. I have several cover artists that I work with who are all excellent. And I'll email them and I'll say, okay, this is what it is. I need a sexy Manchester. I need a sexy guy. And I need him in space. Or I need him in, oh, my gosh, my favorite is the, the sexy Manchester cover where he's wearing a suit jacket. Uh-huh. He's wearing like a blazer, but then nothing underneath. And if I saw that guy in real life, I'd be like, you look like an idiot. <laughs> But on the cover, and he's got like the six pack abs, and he's like got his tongue out or whatever, and he's got this blazer, and he looks hot. I mean, people will buy that, right? So, yeah, it is. It is hard to have to go scroll through all these beautiful models with no shirts on, but it is a sacrifice. But I am willing to make. You are a dedicated author to to suffer through that torture. <laughs> 
Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. So in closing, and first I want to say it's been such a delight having you with us. Um, yes. I wanted to ask what, um, Lee, what advice you would have to our um, uh, about to be writers and, and um, uh, writers uh, who want to continue their craft. What, what words would you leave? Well, I just want to say to you, authors and writers, what I would tell myself back in 2008, which is don't wait on your dreams. Keep searching for a way to achieve them. Keep searching for a way to be a published author, to get your work out in the world. If you want to make a living from it, there's a way to do that. If you want to publish a book and get on Oprah's bookseller list, you know, there's a way to do that. And just don't wait on your dreams. Keep taking steps forward, even if it's baby steps and you feel like, oh my gosh, I have to run a whole marathon. But a baby step is the first step. So just don't wait, don't settle, keep moving forward forward on your dreams. And what that might mean right now is that you sit down and you finish a book. I actually have a course I'm putting, I'm going to give you guys the link and you can put it in the show notes and it's free and it's on all my tips on how to finish a book. And now there's some cussing. The title of the course is finish your effing book. <laughs> so, but that's great, you know, it, it, there's some tough love in there and that's what you might need there to sit go. down and finish your effing book because the only way people can read it is if you write it. So I want you to write it and not give up. Yes. Oh my God. That's awesome. Love it. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I Thank appreciate you. you. Thank you so much. The written word is powerful. If one photo is worth a thousand words, can you imagine the value and power of putting those words to video? Power Up Video works with authors, speakers, and entrepreneurs to help you bring your powerful message to life online. Creating story-driven promotional reels, book trailers, educational course content, and much more. Power up your message with video from Power Up Video. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram and at PowerUpVideo.com. Oh my gosh, Nikita, that was so awesome talking with Lee. Oh my goodness, she is a wealth of information. Um, she has so much great information to share with us about just how she got started, about the industry, everything. Just incredible. And, and, you know, I love, I think the thing that resonated most with me is not just how successful she is, which is fantastic, but the fact that she was like, it! if you have a dream to do this, you can make it happen. And I love that. Yeah. I love that too. And, and, and she really, um, I, I love how she sets the stage and that, you know, she's a very successful author. She makes very good money doing what she does, mm -hmm. but she she was very um, upfront in saying, you know, my books are not on shelves. You're not going to go to Barnes and Nobles and see my books on shelves, and but that doesn't mean that I'm not successful as an author. Absolutely, absolutely. And people need to hear that. I think so too, because I, I I've heard authors say, but people say they can't go to Barnes and Noble and find my book and they, they get discouraged by that, but that is not the sign of success. That, that is just, you know, that, the, the, the paradigm has shifted as Lee told us. Exactly. Exactly. We live in a totally different um, space right now. Absolutely. And, um, and you can be successful as an author without being on a bookshelf. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I love too how she described um her process as far as writing ebooks that her ideal reader is somebody who will download a book on their Kindle or e-reader and then they want something short but they want a series, a continuing series. Yes. Yes. And and she specifically talked about how her books are not extremely long i think she said somewhere between 30 40,000 words so she does long, does short short long series right yeah <laughs> you know, each, book, each book is short but she creates a long series and that's a really good strategy because it allows her to do the rapid release and put out a lot of books um 
uh, every year uh, and build her library. So, you know, that's a good strategy for anyone who's looking to do rapid release, but it's like, oh, my goodness, I don't know if I can do 80,000 words in a month, you know. Um, well, you don't have to. Right. Right. Um, I loved how she shared about how she uses vellum and yeah. uh, she even switched to a Mac so that she could use it. And it, it is a good tool. But I was intrigued yeah. also with what she was talking about when she creates her book. She also produces a script and she can turn around and um, hire someone to do it as an audio book. Yeah, which is it's another stream of income. So it's really smart. Absolutely. Really smart. Absolutely. And even though um, I, I don't remember exactly what it was, I know it was in the 90% um, percentage of her uh, uh, revenue comes from ebooks. But it's good to know, like you're saying, to, to also have the other revenue stream as well for the audiobooks. And then I was surprised that she didn't sell very many printed books. That's really interesting to note. Yeah. I, I think when you are, are, are producing books at the, at the, at the pace that she's producing and with the amount of people that are consuming books electronically, it kind of makes sense, um, that you could build your audience much faster. Um, and be able to create the traction that she has by using, by utilizing that strategy. Yes. And, and plus your, your, um, your profit is higher. Yes. You make more money on your books. So, um, it's a smart strategy. And it's funny because I remember, um, when, when Hannah was first beginning her process of, of, of transitioning into a full-time writer and I, she gets, she, I remember her telling me, Nikita, you need to write ebooks. And I was so uh-huh. stubborn, like, no, I want my book in there. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think it, I think it's a lot has to do with the journalist in me. I like to be able to hold and see and feel that byline and see that. And um, and I was really stubborn about it. And she was very like, you know, well, you know, I, I do. She was right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, she was right. And 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 the proof is in the pudding that she was right. And um, it, it only took me a couple of years to come around <laughs> and realize, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do that now. <laughs> but that's such a so. good point that, that I think a lot of times as writers, we have limiting beliefs. Like Lee was even saying her own limiting belief that she wished she had stuck it out and, and was part of the indie boom in 2008. But she yeah. was thinking, oh, I can't, I can't make this money for, as a writer. And then, you know, you saying that you were like, it, I only want printed books. You know, sometimes we have to look at that yep. and say, um, okay, we have our own preferences, but what are the readers wanting? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, and also, I think we've gotten ourselves um, maybe a gig for helping her choose um, Sexy Manchester cover. <laughs> Yes. Her future. I'm excited about that. So we will sacrifice and help her with it if she needs help. <laughs> yes. And and I'm I'm really excited about she left a lot of great tools which we'll be sharing with you guys in the show notes um about, you know, her, her free course which is amazing. Yes. Um to help, you know, help you with um getting your book finished, getting your writing done. And, and also um, linking you to her, her YouTube channels where she's got a lot of resources on co-writing, which um, yes. she has she at length some really, really great um, advice and strategies on what she does with that. So she left us with a lot of great golden nuggets. Oh, most definitely. She left me inspired. I'm all jazzed up now. I'm like, daggummit. Um, I, I need to collaborate with someone. Nikita, you and I need to collaborate. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Let's make it happen. So, um, yeah. so I hope you guys are just as fired up as we are after uh, talking with Lee. Yay! <laughs> awesome, awesome. And now it's time for gregarious goofballs. All right, so we are ready for our gregarious goofballs. Goofball. Yay! <laughs> what you got, Kim? So I was recently sharing this story with you. Um, spring is in the air and birds are nesting and it's a lovely, wonderful part of nature until you have a bird who habitually, annually creates her nest right next to your kitchen door. 
And we have a lovely bird who has decided to make this her annual tradition. And every spring it happens. We walk out of the door and the bush is right next to our heads. And the bird gets so ticked off and literally her feathers get ruffled. Like, why are you humans here? And she flies out like a bat out of hell out of the bushes and scares the bejeebers out of us. And I just know one of these days she's going to fly into my head. (laughs) And I love the birds. Don't get me wrong. I'm like, yay. You know, I, I adore hearing them sing. I'm like, spring is here, but please don't fly into my head, birds. That's not cool. Oh my god! So that's my gregarious goofball. That's hilarious. So, <laughs> so what she got? So it's funny. I had another story I was going to tell, but you inspired me oh, to tell a different story. Okay, cool. This is very embarrassing. Oh no! Um, <laughs> um, when I it was probably about my sophomore year or so it was right after maybe or after my after my freshman year of college uh-huh. i was home we lived in a small town in north carolina uh-huh. and i was working in the summer at this little um pizza spot um that was maybe a couple blocks from my house so i always walked there and my mom worked there too um, oh, cool. as a server uh-huh. and i think i was at the hostess or something uh-huh. and um on my path to the place um, I found myself, can you hear me? Yes, yes. So on my path to, um, to the restaurant, I found myself running into, um, <laughs> well, I didn't run into it. I was just minding my own business, honestly. <laughs> it's a crazy freaking bird. Oh, no. That, and it, it like swooped down like it was trying to attack me, Kim. And oh it was like, <laughs> love to watch them and calm and no they can be little boogers and they can yes, fly they can. out at you yes they can <laughs> The written word is powerful. If one photo is worth a thousand words, can you imagine the value and power of putting those words to video? Power Up Video works with authors, speakers, and entrepreneurs to help you bring your powerful message to life online. Creating story-driven promotional reels, book trailers, educational course content, and much more. Power up your message with video from Power Up Video. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram and at PowerUpVideo.com. So, welcome, Nikita. Thank you. Welcome, Kim. Thank you. What's behind your curtain this week? Oh, my goodness. I think it's the same thing that's behind everybody's curtain right now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> self-quarantined and dealing with this freaking coronavirus is driving me nuts. Oh, no 
fooling, right? Uh. I think particularly for people like us, Kim, we're social. Um, so this social distancing sucks. You know, it's like I miss not being able to be around people like I want to and watching people walk around with masks on is kind of like, you know, just, it's kind of crazy. Um, but I, I will say the one thing that I think is kind of a benefit and I, and I want to share this to um, all writers and aspiring writers out there because it's, it's, it's one of my goals um, is I think we have an opportunity as writers at this particular moment to take advantage of the shut-in period and for, for a number of reasons. One, it's a great time for you to, to crack down and write because you're stuck inside anyway. You might as well do it. You right, know? So, right. Um, so, but I also think it's a perfect time to, if you have books that you're trying to launch or that you need to get out, it's a great time to launch books because people are shut in. They need something positive. They need something there's no better time to really capture an audience than right now. And yeah, people may not be spending much, but if you're doing something like an ebook, which I know that's my plan with my books and my series, people don't want spending $2.99, $3.99 on a book. That's not going to break their pocketbook. And um, it's a, it's an escape. It's a getaway when you're amidst all this mess. So, I see it really is, you know, yeah, people we're going through some things, but as a writer, it really is an opportunity, um, which is, you know, and, and I'm so excited um, as we're talking about this because we, we're going to be interviewing today um, one of my favorite writers and one of my really, really good friends, um, Lisa Vino, and she's going to shed a lot on how we can do that, you yes. know? Oh, that's oh. so awesome. And you have such a good point that, you know, we can choose to look at this um, coronavirus and, you know, the fact that things are canceled and all the restaurants are closed. We can either choose dwell on that, which is sucky, or yeah. we can look at the opportunity that we have. Like a lot of people who normally go to an office every day are at home. Guess what? You could use the time you used to commute before as writing time. You can sit yep. down and focus on writing that book that you've always wanted to write. It's a it's a, a shift in how we are communicating with each other. Um, we're doing a lot of digital meetings and things like that. I think some of that is going to produce the ability for us or, or maybe the desire for us to better control our time and take a look at, oh, what, what are we, what, how are we spending our time? And if we're writers, it's like, it! now is the time. Let's write. And like you said, there's people who are hungry to read something or be entertained. You know, write the book. It It is time. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. Oh, wow. And and I, I love what you're saying about ebooks too. And that is such a good introduction for our awesome um, uh, guest this week because she definitely um, d- writes many ebooks, so we'll definitely have to ask her about that. And and yeah. the fact that they are inexpensive is a real big plus with this. So I can't wait to hear what she has to say. So yeah, okay. me too. Awesome. It'll be so good. Yeah, awesome, awesome. <laughs> so oh my gosh, Nikita, this was such a great episode. It really was um, it's amazing how many different things, different things we could break down by the numbers. So. It really is, right? Because, you know, like we were joking about before, it's like, we like words. We don't like numbers. But um, right. <laughs> but really, numbers are a part of our life and in um, and, and, and so many important ways. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Um, so, um, I was going to say, I really loved the the story in six words. I thought that was a really fascinating concept. Yeah, I really love that. And I'm excited that you uh, are issuing a challenge to all of us to write a story in six words. And uh, so we're going to put that out there, everybody. Share them with us. Yes, I think it'll be really fun. Really fun. So cool. I really gained a lot from your insight where you said, measure the speed of your writing. Um, by counting your words during a certain period of time. And that way you can use that to establish your writing schedule. Yes. Yes. I think it's, it's a really, really effective tool 
um, to build some accountability and to take something. I think the biggest mental block that people have when it comes to writing a book, particularly when you're new and getting started, is like, oh, my God, it's so much. I feel so overwhelmed. Right. So you have to break it down. Think about what are you capable of doing. And when you tell yourself, I only need to write 350 or 500 words a day or whatever, it doesn't feel so overwhelming. Right. Um, so that's a, that's another challenge I would issue out to people, Kim, is to take some time and write write for, if you can take the time to write for an hour to establish your writing speed, determine about how many words you think you can write an hour, and use that as a tool to determine, um, you know, what your write, what your writing speed is, but to set a writing schedule. So if you can write 500 words an hour and you need to write a, an 80,000-word manuscript, determine how long you want to give yourself to write that and then set that writing schedule for what you need to write per day. Um, it's really, um, it, it is a little math involved in that, but you know, I can do it, so you can do it. Right. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a great way to make yourself accountable and get it done. I love that. I love that. And, you know, it really does make it a lot less daunting by breaking mm -hmm. it out like that. Um, mm -hmm. I also um, like that we were talking about, um, uh, money as far as your uh, money, it, time is, ah, numbers. Oh my gosh. I got, I got, I got so lost in the sauce that time, numbers, and money all got combined for me. <laughs> that was weird. Um, but the fact that we were talking about numbers, being able to, to track your money goals and set your money yeah. goals and then create a plan so that you can make that happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, I mean, most of us want to make money, right. but really it depends on, you know, like you said, what your goals are and what you want to accomplish. Do you want to be a career author or you just, do you want your book to make money? How important is that to you? And if it is, there's certain things you have to do to make sure that happens. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and then we talked about uh, ISBN numbers, which of course are an important number. Um, yeah. And then um, also um, talking about, I, I liked what you were saying also, this goes uh, back to sort of um, being able to break things into doable chunks. You talked about it from word standpoint, but also from a time standpoint, right? For 10 minutes a day. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all about establishing a habit. Yes. And that's the start of it. Start small. Exactly. Exactly. And so I think... Uh, I think one of the big things we can get from this is don't get overwhelmed by numbers, not just because we're writers, but also um, don't let the numbers like the, 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 the word count of specific book genres scare you because even though it looks big, you can break it into bite-sized chunks of time, bite-sized chunks of words, and create and establish a habit <clears throat> and also a money goal that makes your writing um, worthwhile, both from a personal satisfaction standpoint, but also yeah. um, from a monetary standpoint as well. Absolutely. I agree. So, woohoo. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us this week. And we want to hear from you. We want to hear your six word story. Uh, it's, yeah. And we also want to, uh, I like your challenge, Nikita, about how, how, what is your writing speed? I would love to hear some feedback from y'all about that as well. Yeah, that would be really interesting. So, yeah, please share. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to the Sociable Scribes podcast. Don't forget to tune in next week to learn more amazing tips on writing and publishing. And if you like this podcast, please leave us a review and share it with a friend.